Welcome to Canada's most irreverent talk show. This is The Andrew Lawton Show, brought to you by True North. Coming up, Derek Sloan speaks out after being ejected from the Conservative caucus, and Justin Trudeau doesn't really speak out after Joe Biden cancels the Keystone Pipeline project. The Andrew Lawton Show starts right now. Welcome to Canada's most irreverent talk show. This is The Andrew Lawton Show on True North. We talked on the previous show about defenestration in Canadian politics, specifically in Canadian conservative politics. And as we, I think, feared, certainly from the emails that I got and my own thoughts on the matter, the Derek Sloan defenestration has concluded. Derek Sloan ejected from the Conservative Caucus after an hours-long meeting on Wednesday of the Conservative Caucus members in which he was turfed, doesn't know the numbers, it was a secret ballot, he has no idea if it was even closed, if he got one vote to stay or if he got 50 votes to stay. But suffice it to say, Derek Sloan is gone. And I want to read a comment that was put out, a statement from Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole after the caucus's vote. I want all Canadians to feel welcome in the Conservative Party of Canada. The focus of Canada's Conservatives is getting as many people back to work in every part of Canada, in every sector, as quickly as possible. The Conservative Caucus voted to remove Derek Sloan not because of one specific event, but because of a pattern of destructive behavior involving multiple incidents and disrespect towards the Conservative team for over a year. These actions have been a consistent distraction from our efforts to grow the party and focus on the work we need to do. Events of the past week were simply the last straw and led to our caucus making the decision it did today. I did not vote to remove Derek Sloan from our caucus because he is a social conservative. We have members of parliament of deep compassion and unmatched character who, like many Canadians, draw strength from their faith. The Conservative Party is a big tent that is reflective of all Canadians. People of all backgrounds have a place in our party. As politicians in Canada, we must hold ourselves to the highest standards. Canadians deserve nothing less. We are ready to do whatever it takes to get Canada working again. In the next election, Canadians will ask themselves, who do I trust to create jobs and get the economy back on track? Our party is working hard to earn the trust of Canadians. Canada's Conservatives got us out of the last recession, and I know we can lead Canada out of this one too. Let's get back to work. So Aaron O'Toole's official statement pivots this to being about jobs. We've got to go and get Canadians back to work, forgetting about the cohesion in the party that is now an issue that has been invited, not by the left, but a problem invited by the Conservatives. Now, right after the expulsion, I had the opportunity to catch up with Derek Sloan himself. This interview was recorded yesterday, but it gives you an indication of how that meeting went down, where he goes from here, and how he responds to that statement from Aaron O'Toole that I just shared with you you're tuned in to the andrew lawton show derek sloan joins me on the line now derek thank you for coming on so quickly i'm glad to be here thank you this is something that for a lot of conservatives who were told by Aaron O'Toole during the leadership that they had a place regardless of whether they were social conservatives or not how are they supposed to take what's happened in the last two days and, and specifically today well, this is bogus. Um, what what has happened today with my expulsion from caucus is Aaron O'Toole and the other caucus members are saying, Derek, not only do we want you in the party, we don't want anyone like you in the party. 
And, you know, they're going to come out with all their communications and they're going to say this. They're going to say, oh, it's not about Derek's beliefs. That's fine. It's just about his personality. But I'm telling you, Andrew, the, 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 the sort of persona that I have publicly uh, attracts a large portion of our base, the issues I stand for, the persona that I have. And if they think that this is just about me, they've got another thing coming. This is a slap in the face to a large section of our base. I want to read a statement that was just released moments ago by Aaron O'Toole. He says the Conservative caucus voted to remove Derek Sloan not because of one specific event, but because of a pattern of destructive behavior involving multiple incidents and disrespect towards the Conservative team for over a year. What's he referring to? Well, they're, ref they're referring to basically everything that you've seen throughout the campaign. So when I uh, called out Dr. Tam for what I believe to be, uh, you know, undue connection to the World Health Organization, that was uh, that was considered to be, you know, beyond the pale. That was, oh, that's racist. That's this. When I it, basically everything else I've done. But I'll tell you, the last thing that really got under their skin is I have been actively organizing for this upcoming convention. Mm -hmm. And they know that I have recruited many, many, many delegates and they were scared. And so there you know, this this whole thing about, you know, uh, um, you know, not listening to other people. Um, so when I was emailing and trying to get conventions to go to delegates, other MPs would be like, oh, well, you know, why are you emailing into my riding and why are you doing this? Nobody has a monopoly on their riding. Uh, you as a Canadian, I as a Canadian, we have the right to encourage political participation. And, you know, some of these MPs were upset that, you know, basically I had more sway in their riding than they did. And they uh, they got rid of me because of that. And and uh, obviously they don't agree with the the uh, the different things that I stand for. So, you know, he'll find a, um, you know, a politically correct version of a socially conservative person or any of the other things maybe that I've stood for. And I've stood for things far beyond just social conservatism. Um, but this is about uh, the values that I stand for, uh, you know, being against a Paris agreement, being against this net zero stuff. And my influence at the convention, they were afraid that it was going to be a Derek Sloan convention and they pulled the plug. This is a direct affront to grassroots engagement. Do you know how much support, if any, you had in caucus in today's vote? I was not uh, privy to the numbers, unfortunately. It was uh, no, I, I don't believe anybody other than the caucus chair knows the final numbers. Now, does that in and of itself disturb you or is that just how the process is supposed to work? You know, I, I know the caucus chair well, and he's an honorable person, Tom Kimmich. Uh, so I certainly trust the results. I would have preferred to get an idea of, you know, how close it was. Um, but unfortunately, I, I, I won't know that. Do you think from private conversations you've had with MPs in the Conservative caucus that this was literally just about getting a, a SOCON out? Or did you actually get support from non-social conservatives privately that said they didn't like the process? They didn't like that you were being blamed for someone who happened to donate alongside 12,999 other people to your campaign? Yeah, I mean, listen, there were a lot of people that were upset by this for sure. The, the problem is, is that Aaron O'Toole sort of crossed the Rubicon when he made the public statement that he was behind this. So then the caucus literally had to say, well, listen, I don't really want to kick Derek out. But if I don't, then we, we show weakness to the to the public. So let's say they voted to keep me in. Then the press cycle would have been Aaron O'Toole doesn't even have control over his own party. They don't even like, you know, they don't uh, trust his judgment. So he 
he took the strongest step possible to eliminate me by doing a full frontal assault publicly. And so I'm sure there's a lot of people that wouldn't have done this in, in other circumstances that felt kind of compelled. You now, it's still a wrong decision, but they felt compelled because of his doubling down in that in that way. Now, that statement I shared a couple of moments ago from Aaron O'Toole that says this is all part of a pattern, you've said this is stuff that's already been made public, nothing unique uh, apart from that. Were you put on notice previously? Had you been told that you were on thin ice and had to behave a certain way to stay in caucus? Or has this ejection really been, officially anyway, I mean, you, you might have had inklings, but has this ejection really been an escalation from zero to 100? Well, let me tell you, let me tell you as, as best as I can sort of what has happened. So um, there, is, there have been people who have been hostile to me, a minority of people ever since the leadership. It's a combination of not liking my values, thinking I'm, you know, too uh, sort of uh, direct or outspoken on certain things. Um, so that is, you know, basically put me in, in their bad books just perennially. After the leadership, I sent out two fundraising emails, one for my EDA, one for my riding, one for my leadership. Now, I have every right to do that. I've, I've created a large list through the campaign, but obviously those emails go to other ridings and I was collecting money from people in other ridings. Now, these are people that may not have donated to that other person anyways, but uh, MPs are very cagey about their territory. So they're like, well, you know, Derek, you shouldn't be doing this. And I said, listen, I have to fundraise to, you know, finalize some of my last leadership debts. It's the law and this is my list. And frankly, for my EDA, I, I had to raise some money, too, to be able to be, you know, acclaimed as a candidate. So those are the those are two of the quote unquote, um, you know, bad things that I've done. And the third was sponsoring that petition, which, again, uh, a lot of these conservatives are just scared to death of bad press. So, you know, these kinds of things, there were some rumblings about, oh, you know, Derek's always getting us in the news. It's always something, you know, whatever. Uh, and then this sort of orchestrated attempt at the end which, as I said, was related to my uh, uh, strength going into the convention, sort of pushed some people over the edge. But um, nothing has happened along the way uh, that would in any way be uh, inappropriate. I've, I've just explained to you uh, uh, any charge that was leveled at me. So let me ask you then where you go from here, because you sent out a, an email to your supporters in which you said, don't rip up your memberships, still be a part of the party, still go to the convention, the virtual convention up. Why do you want this to happen? Why are you not ripping up your membership at this point? Well, listen, uh, I'm still a conservative. I may not be technically capital C conservative, according to, you know, the, the, the powers that be in Ottawa, but the conservative party has left me. I did not leave the conservative party. And our membership is a lot more like me than they are like Aaron O'Toole. And frankly, I think the only reason he won is because, yeah, I was a new face. Leslie Lewis was a new face. And Aaron O'Toole was like, oh, I'm with you guys. I, I stand up for Derek. I stand up for Leslie. And he juxtaposed himself against Peter McKay. But, you know, we're, we're at base purely on sort of the persona and the values, uh, uh, you know, experience aside. I believe someone like Leslie and I very easily could have won if experience and, and so forth were equal. So listen, this is something that, uh, you know, our base reflects is a lot more like me than they are like Aaron O'Toole. And they're going to learn that quickly. I will say this in the caucus call, what many people were concerned about is they were saying, guys, I'm getting calls, not just from like the local pro-life dude, but from some of my like most hardcore supporters, uh, board members, donors, and they're livid. So this is something that is really going to uh, rip the party. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's going to damage the party.
for, for certain. You and I spoke in the leadership race a couple of times about cancel culture and, and free speech, and you're very aware of the cultural battle, battles around this. And one thing that I, I find really unsettling, even if people are, are used to just the left throwing around slurs and names and all of that, to have it come from within your own party and within your own movement, and the, especially the, the justification that Aaron O'Toole used to initiate this process, which was that racism has no place in the party, he didn't call you a racist, but was ejecting you in the same breath as he was saying that he needed to take a stand against racism does that sting does that sting for you uh not really it it just validates sort of the experience that i've had over the last nine months and it's just been basically this it's been amazing acceptance from grassroots conservatives and continual uh backbiting and trying to tie my hands behind my back within the the mps that are there so many of these guys think that they're little princes that, that rule their little riding fiefdom and they can come to Ottawa and do whatever it is that they want. It's disgusting. These people were put there by the, uh, their local party members, by their local constituents, and they, there's, there's a complete disconnect. So we will see who speaks for the membership uh, uh, leading into the convention and beyond, but they've made a grave error. Would you rejoin the caucus if invited, if the party had a mea culpa? I don't expect that that would happen under the current leadership. They, they're, they're of a mind that they kind of have to, you know, show a, a, a unity, show a, a face of strength and all that. And they wouldn't be able to do that based on what they've done. But I don't I, I, I'm not making any decisions today about what what I might or might not do. Just before I let you go here, Derek, what do you want to tell your supporters? I know a lot of people, even those who might not have been your supporter in the leadership race, have really come around or are tweeting about their support for you, wanting to go to the convention to stand up for some of the values. What do you want to say to those people right now who, by your indication, seem to make up the party more than the voices in Ottawa do? Stay involved. Keep your membership. Go to convention. And... Uh... And we're going to we're going to do a lot of good there. And this is this is just uh, this is, um, you know, some some rumblings. But we are going to uh, go to convention. We're going to do well there. When it comes to me personally, I'm going to stay fighting for all the values I fought for before family values, uh, you know, against the Paris Agreement and this climate alarmism, uh, the excessive uh, government lockdowns, which our party has been completely silent on. They haven't said a word about it. All they can talk about is, oh, a vaccine this, vaccine that, we need more vaccines. Well, listen, there's a lot more going on here right now than just getting a vaccine. There is a real conversation to be had about the government control and the, uh, the, the, the true way to deal with this thing here. So they have been uh, missing in action, and that's why they're, not, they're barely even registering right now on, on the public radar. And they'll learn soon enough the mistake they've made. Independent Member of Parliament Derek Sloan. Derek, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. You're tuned in to The Andrew Lawton Show. Well, I appreciated Derek Sloan catching up. I mean, it was quite literally moments after the expulsion. He only did a couple of interviews yesterday, and I I was grateful that one of them was with yours truly. He is planning to still work within the Conservative Party as a member. Now, a lot of people, I think, are going to say that's foolish. I actually think he is trying to avoid just making it look like he has sour grapes. If he says, listen, you can't get rid of me and you can't get rid of the people like me, the Conservative Party is going to have to have a reckoning. Because one of the catalysts of this is that he was actually whipping up votes and recruiting delegates for the Conservative Party of Canada's virtual convention, which is coming up 
up in March. Derek Sloan was working, I know, with, with Tanya Granick-Allen, who's been on this show, and they were actually getting social conservatives to vote to be as dele- to be delegates at the convention and actually vote on policy to really establish that, yes, the social conservative machine is alive and well in the conservative party. It was social conservatives who delivered Aaron O'Toole the victory because people who voted for Derek Sloan and Leslin Lewis, by and large, gave their support down ballot to Aaron O'Toole over Peter McKay. So Aaron O'Toole has tried to preempt this in a statement by saying, oh, no, no, we didn't get rid of him because he's a social conservative. We got rid of him because of all of these other issues which weren't articulated, which Derek is saying are all just the things that have already been reported on. Like, for example, you know, him taking aim at Teresa Tam in something that the media derided as racist that was actually more about her record than anything else. And I remember Candace and I talking about that on True North Update, and we actually tried We tried to figure out what about it was racist and couldn't because the statement was as plain as day and it was issue, it was uh, filled with issues we were talking about, about how the WHO, with which Teresa Tam is involved, was parroting Chinese government talking points. Nothing to do with race, everything to do with action and record. So the idea that there has just been this long string of things and Derek is saying that he wasn't put on notice, he wasn't on probation, he wasn't told that there is this last straw, which is what the conservatives are saying now. So for a lot of people who voted for him, not an insignificant sum of people in the party, and people that voted for Leslin Lewis, who was going after, in many regards, the same types of votes, how are they supposed to feel that, despite the conservatives' claim of a big tent party, that they actually have a place in the conservatives? I think the short answer is that they won't. They aren't going to feel that. And this is tremendously disrespectful, not just to the democratic process, but disrespectful to the members who are the ones that need to be there for a party to win. You can't win without your base, no matter how much you try. And if you piss the base off enough, they're just not going to vote for you. That's how you have fracturing parties. That's how you have schisms. That's how you have people just staying home on election day. And True North actually canvassed every single conservative member of parliament to say, how did you vote? And is there anything you'd like to say? We actually canvassed every single one. Now, I'm just going to count this up. Now, this is as of around midday Thursday. Out of 121 conservative members of parliament, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine responded. Nine MPs out of 121 responded, and not one of them gave an answer. Not one of those nine gave an answer. Uh, one of them, Leona Alislev, is saying, MP Alislev will not be commenting on this time. Luke Bertold says, MP Bertold is not available to respond. Colin Carey says, caucus meetings are confidential. The leader will release a statement, so deferring to the statement that we just read. Ted Falk says, Ted will not be commenting on internal caucus meetings. Tracy Gray says she heard from constituents regarding one of her caucus colleagues and wants to thank those who reached out. She does not comment on internal deliberations and decisions of these meetings. The National Caucus Chair, Tom Kamich, uh, said that it was a process that was conducted in a balanced, fair, and equitable manner, and that all provisions of the Parliament of Canada Act were followed, and he didn't vote. Ron Liepert gave uh, quite a nice message. He said, listen, the tradition is that he makes his views known, 
and then a vote is held, and the results of the vote are supported and accepted by all, and he's not commenting further, and so on and so forth. People that are not at all commenting on this, they're just saying, listen, caucus confidentiality, which I get is a long-standing tradition, but there is a way that you can comment on your own approach to this without violating what caucus discussed by just saying what you think, what you voted for. And that's not happening here. So I don't know how many people voted for Derek Sloan's expulsion versus how many people let him or wanted him to stick around. And we will never know that. Derek Sloan says he has trust in the process, which, I mean, good for him. Again, some people may be a little bit more skeptical than that. But if he has trust in it, I think everyone else needs to accept that. But the problem is, this was a situation that was advanced by Aaron O'Toole. This was not driven by caucus, and that's, I think, what makes this situation a bit different than other uh, situations that could be similar, and that Aaron O'Toole said, I'm initiating this process of expelling him from caucus. I'm denying him the right to run as a candidate, which means if Derek Sloan came out of that caucus meeting unscathed, that would mean that Aaron O'Toole does not command the confidence of his caucus. So he actually put his members, Aaron O'Toole put his members between a rock and a hard place because they actually had to basically vote alongside the leader or the leader would have no legitimacy within the caucus and therefore no legitimacy out in the country. So the whole point of this is supposed to be a caucus-driven decision. This was not. This was heaped onto the caucus by Aaron O'Toole, by the leader of the Conservatives. And this is a guy, again, and I've had good interactions with Aaron O'Toole, but this is a guy who crusaded against cancel culture during the leadership race and who actually resisted calls to get rid of Derek Sloan after there were these stories about this controversial thing or that controversial thing. And it's now because he got a donation unknowingly from a white supremacist, this is what triggers it? Just to put things into perspective here, uh, True North had a, a story this week that the liberals have accepted donations from Peter Nygaard. This is the disgraced fashion mogul from Winnipeg who is uh, facing trial right now. Well, he's facing a bail hearing for sex trafficking charges. And the Liberals received, or to use the terminology of the day, accepted donations from him going way back 2004, 2005, 2006. But even as recently as 2018, $354, knowing, knowing about a lot of the uh, accusations and issues against Peter Nygaard at that time. So why aren't the Liberals resigning? Why isn't Justin Trudeau stepping down? Because, well, he accepted a donation from a guy who's now been accused of sex trafficking. Or is it that we only apply the worst traits of donors to the politicians to whom they've donated with conservatives? Oh, I'm sorry. How could I have forgotten? Yeah, of course. These rules only tend to work in one direction. So to use this as the last straw, as the conservatives have said, is weak and is going to at some point uh, really blow up in the faces of other conservative MPs or the conservative party itself when people realize that, oh, well, this person donated to them. Well, I guess, uh, I guess under the Derek Sloan rule, we got to get them out of caucus too. And it's actually quite disturbing how much people are willing to go along with this just because they don't like Derek Sloan's social conservatism. And again, I talked about this a little bit on the show earlier in the week. There were a great many people that were very cheering, very much cheering for this, not because they thought this was due process, but just because they liked the outcome. They didn't like Derek Sloan, and if this was a way to get him out, that was fine. 
And the problem with that, well, one of many problems with that is that you're opening the door to basically a very weak set of criteria being used to justify one's expulsion in the future just because you happen to want to get this guy out now and this is the thing you can find that you can cling to to make it happen. Our party is working hard to earn the trust of Canadians. Canada's conservatives got us out of the last recession, and I know we can lead Canada out of this one too. The pivot to economics in this statement is, I think, hysterical, actually, because conservatives, I find, have always relied too much on, oh, well, you know, as long as we put more money in people's pockets, we're going to win. Well, that isn't working out. We know that. We know that isn't the case. I've said in the past, people are okay voting for socialism sometimes. So the idea that they're just saying, all right, Derek Sloan out the window, in front of the bus, under the bus, wherever you want him, and now we're going to just put more money in Canadians' pockets and get back to work. I'm like, well, you know, you can't make us forget that quickly. Or maybe you can. I certainly hope not. We'll be back in a moment with more of The Andrew Lawton Show. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to The Andrew Lawton Show. We are back. This is The Andrew Lawton Show. A new era of American politics. Joe Biden, now the president. Donald Trump, now the former president. I don't want to dwell too much on this because generally speaking, I know the mainstream media has been doing its best job to not talk about anything else over the last few days. But I will talk about the one disappointment that came yesterday, which was Joe Exotic not getting his pardon. His lawyer was standing by. They had a limo outside the law office ready to go and pick Joe Exotic up from jail. Uh, This is the Tiger King, of course, uh, when his pardon came through. But alas, there was no pardon for Joe Exotic. Kwame Kilpatrick, the corrupt former mayor of Detroit, he got a pardon, but not uh, Joe Exotic of the Tiger King. But nevertheless, the lawyer was holding out hope. Take a look at this video. Well, good morning, Hawkeye and Michelle. Eric Love, leader of Team Tiger over here in Fort Worth, Texas. We are standing by waiting for President Trump to give us word that we have received the pardon for the Tiger King Joe Exotic. We have the biggest Dodge truck limo in Texas from Heaven on Wheels in Dallas, Texas, on standby outside the law office. Thank you so much for the message, Michelle. And I'll tell you, Thank you for the support. God bless you guys. KSCS, number one. So I actually saw on Twitter, I guess it was Wednesday morning, the photo of the limo outside the law office. And I'm like, you know what? It's been a crappy year. We could all use a little bit of smiling. Joe Exotic, I think, would be a very good uh, thing to have on us right now. We could do a Tiger King sequel if Joe Exotic got his pardon. But again, uh, no, no, no hope for that one. We didn't get that. But what we did get was Keystone XL being scrapped. One of the very first things that President Joe Biden did upon taking office is destroying this massive project that would be good for Canada and good for the U.S. and ripping it up, even though the pipeline is literally already in the ground. The cross-border section of this is already there, but Joe Biden is saying, nope, we don't want it. And what did our Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau do about it? Absolutely nothing. Canada had the great honor of being the first country whose head of government was on the call list from Joe Biden. So Joe Biden and Justin Trudeau were actually the the first conversation, the first world leader conversation that Joe Biden made when he took office as president of the United States. And of course, they were talking about Keystone, but take a look at what Justin Trudeau said about it. 
Earlier today, Joe Biden was sworn in as the 46th president of the United States of America. While we welcome the president's commitment to fight climate change, we are disappointed but acknowledge the president's decision to fulfill his election campaign promise on Keystone XL. And here then he's talking about how, oh, but we'd really, really love the U.S. back in the Paris Agreement and back in the WHO and a moratorium on oil and gas activities from the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. And we want to reverse the travel ban. So Justin Trudeau is actually so giddy about Joe Biden being the president that he actually is not uh, doing any advocacy for Canada's oil and gas sector, which is a sector that the U.S. having oil from would actually help human rights which Justin Trudeau says he cares about by not having to buy oil from countries in the Middle East that are dictatorships that, you know, don't have legalized homosexuality, that don't allow women to vote, and you know, all of these other sorts of things, which, yeah, you know, for a, a country that wanted to put gender equality into the new NAFTA, you'd think they would care about. So Justin Trudeau says, well, well, you know what, we like that he talks about climate change. Yeah, we're disappointed, but oh, whatever. Come here, Big Joe. We, we got you covered. And this is, I think, tremendously disappointing for several reasons, but yet totally unsurprising at the same time. And, and we're going to have a lot of this. I mean, we went from Christian Freeland speaking on taking on the tyrant panels to uh, take aim at Donald Trump to now the starstruck mentality that I think a lot of Canadians had with Barack Obama, where they're just so happy that Joe Biden's there. I don't think they're going to put any pressure on for absolutely anything when it comes to demanding Canada's interest. Now, it's not to say that Canada was in a position to get something out of it. It's that Canada didn't even try. It's that Canada, by the sounds of it, and, and by Trudeau's own admission, didn't say, okay, well, you're getting rid of Keystone, so what can you give us? We can make things difficult for you by X, Y, Z. Just look at the rhetoric of the Trudeau government when Trump was uh, putting in steel tariffs, when Donald Trump's administration was putting in steel tariffs. It was like there was nuclear war declared on Canada. The disappointment, it was days and days of coverage. And now it's like, well, yeah, it's about climate change, so, you know, whatever. And this is what we have representing us. Canada's back, remember? Good gracious. We've got to wrap things up. My thanks to all of you for tuning in to today's show. We'll be back in just a few days with more of Canada's most irreverent talk show. Thank you, God bless, and good day. Thanks for listening to The Andrew Lawton Show. Support the program by donating to True North at www.tnc.news.